there. Welcome to Rested Mamas Talk. We're Chelsea and Mika, your certified pediatric sleep coaches who were once exhausted mamas just like you turned into rested mamas who now have helped hundreds of families get better sleep in three days with an alternative to traditional sleep training. As creators of the Association Fading Sleep Method, we teach a responsive and holistic approach. Our podcast is dedicated to sharing the journey from true parental exhaustion to thriving parenthood. From real sleep tips, from us and other experts to real stories of families just like you. Let's get rested. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rest of Mama's Talk. I am Chelsea, and I have my amazing partner here, Mika. How are you doing today? Oh, we're feeling feisty today. (laughs) We are feeling a little feisty today. We're just going to chat today, you guys. And so kick us off, Mika. What is our main topic? Because this is actually something I, I honestly probably talk about with almost every single one of our clients. So what is it today? Yeah, I'm actually surprised that this wasn't one of our first, Um, and it kind of aligns a little bit of how you can feel a little feisty as a parent with this topic, and it impacts your decision-making on how you even move forward with sleep, and that is about daycare. So we, if you haven't already watched our webinar, we talk a little bit about the four pieces that you absolutely need to have in place when, if you decide to sleep train, whether you use our sleep training method, whether you use something else. And the number one question that always pops up is, am I even going to be successful if my child goes to daycare and I don't have any control over that? Um, And it comes in different flavors because- First of all, the answer is yes, spoiler alert. We're going to talk a little bit about our experiences and and why it's going to be okay. <laughs> but yeah. that's, the, that's the topic for the day. Daycare, sleep, how it impacts your child's naps, nights, and how it impacts, I guess, some decisions on whether you sh- should sleep train or not. Yeah. And I think that that and kind of as a secondary question or, you know, question that we frequently get with our clients is like, can this approach even like work? Like, is that something that like we can even like do? <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, one of the things that um, I wanted to go over first is, you know, what is the main concern, I think, behind some of those questions? And that is primarily around the topic of really, truly just being like consistent, right? Because that's something that we talk about all the time with our clients is, you know, within this process, and when we go through sleep training, you know, one of the best things that we can do for our child is staying consistent. And so that's where it is that question is coming from, because obviously, you don't have control (laughs) over the day, when your child is in daycare, or even if your child is with like a nanny, right? So even though you may have a little bit more of a say, if you have a, a kiddo in with a nanny, you know, there is, you know, you're not doing it, right? Like you're not with them all day. And so Miko, when they say that to you, kind of what is, how do you kind of help them to understand where that balance then lies going into the process and kind of like for them to know what to think about as they're they're moving forward in those initial steps. If I could only give one answer because I could probably give a million is 
that your child is so smart and they actually know the difference of whether they are at home or whether they are at daycare or with a nanny. And so just overall, when you think about the the, the life of your naps, um, they actually do figure it out. It's very unlikely that we ever see a family have really disrupted nights at daycare and just for those nights at home, it's really bad. In fact, it's it's opposite. We actually have families where they're like, hey, naps at daycare are kind of crap. <laughs> Uh, but he's still sleeping 11 hours. Do I care? And honestly, we are going to control what we can control. And if sleep at home is okay, then, then that's great. Now that's assuming that you've already kind of gone through things. So the answer of does it work or will you be able to keep good sleep afterwards if you can't control daycare? Yes, you absolutely can. And I promise they're so smart, but Chelsea, I'm going to pass it back to you. What's, what's another thing that you would mention about daycare and sleep? Maybe for a family who is like, I am just trying to find the right time during a break because I feel like I can't even sleep train if I'm going to be working um, and my child's going to be in daycare. So um, one of the first things that I say to our clients and also talk about like, you know, previous experiences, like this is what this client did and this worked really well, or this is what we find works really well. Please know you guys, like if you're listening to this, like you do not need to take off two weeks of time to sleep train your child, you know, truly. And this is something that Mika, we talk about a lot is that it really only takes about three days for you to help your child change their sleeping habits. And so really what my biggest recommendation is, is that going into the process, I always say, okay, let's really kick off everything in terms of applying your sleep training method to help them to fall asleep independently on a weekend. So for example, let's either do it on like a Thursday night to start or Friday night. So then you also then have that daytime Saturday, Sunday, you know, obviously, depending on your work schedule, if you kind of work more of like a, a, you know, Wednesday to a Tuesday, then you know, whatever your off days are, then you can really focus with that consistency for your child when they are at home, at the onset of the process, because then What happens is that your babies, like Mika was saying, are very smart. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that we highly recommend is to start to get into a really good, consistent nap time routine. And I'm not talking about the times that your child is going to sleep, but rather those little things, those steps that you do with your child to help them transition into a nap time. So, you know, for example, changing the diaper and then reading QuickBooks, singing a song and then putting your child down. And if you're staying really diligent about that, particularly in the beginning, your child is going to start to really pick up on those cues for sleep, even just after two days. Okay. And so if you can get them on a good, I guess, footing, a good little foundation, and then... Now, this is kind of where the second part comes in, Mika, is then how do we then help your child carry that over to daycare? So for you, okay, let's go back actually to to ourselves (laughs) with our kids. So as you guys may know, we are each moms. I have two children. Mika has two children. Um, We both each have a child right now in daycare. And what were the big kind of things that you would always convey to daycare about your child's nap time routines or 
just in general, like what were some of the big like need to know things that you would always communicate with your child care provider? Yeah. So I try to control as much as I can of my child's sleep, even though actually after your child is an independent sleeper, they're much more likely to be flexible. Okay. So first of all, and if you haven't heard our podcast, you definitely have to listen to it about being flexible and still having good sleep. That stuff all comes because it's ingrained. So that's the first thing you have to remember once you really implement those healthy habits. Now, the first advice that I have taken myself and I've given my families and my clients is you do kind of have to advocate a little bit. I will tell you right now that at least in California, I actually don't know all the regulations in all of the world, but in California, there's very specific things that you can and cannot advocate for. The first thing is that, you know, some daycares have strict time-based schedules and not wake times for older infant rooms. When you're newborn and early infant, Uh, They usually have more of a flexibility of being able to kind of navigate your schedule a little bit. And can I actually pause you right there, Mika? Because that is actually something that I think that if you're listening to this, that's actually a really good point to ask either going into changing into a new daycare or wherever your child is, is what that daytime has to look like. Because one of the parts within our process and, you know, for any process of sleep training, one thing that we want to try to do is get into a really good, consistent daytime routine and schedule with your little one. And so if you're trying to do something different or that daytime is going to look different at home than that it does at daycare, that's going to make that transition really hard for baby. And so we actually want to try to keep it as consistent across the board. So kind of to have that preparation piece a little bit ahead of time, just so you know. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. No, so so early infant rooms will be more accommodating. And I will tell you that I have personally, so to speak, held my child back from going into the uh, the older infant room because I knew he was not ready for a two-nap schedule. And um, I wasn't going to force him there. So yeah, I was going to have him with uh, younger babies. Again, not every, you know, not every parent knows when the two-nap schedule is ready. I happen to be, we happen to be experts. So <laughs> I knew that, he, I, I told them, you know, my advocacy was, hey, I don't really want him in that room yet. Okay, so that is um, another thing that you can know that you can and cannot advocate for. Yeah. The other thing that you can advocate for is let's say that your child's naps are, the schedule that ideally you would want to do is I is like wildly off. So I will give you an example. It's drove me crazy for quite a while. My uh, child is a 7 to 6 a.m. baby. It's 7 p.m., 6 a.m. He sleeps 11 hours. It's it's on wonderful. The <laughs> on the dot. <laughs> However, when you actually look at what that means for the ideal one nap, he's on a one nap schedule, that really should be like 1130 honestly, the latest without him, him being really cranky or without him, you know, sleeping so far into the afternoon that then I'm, I'm actually cutting into his nighttime, which I don't want to do because I know one, I need that. I need that time with my husband. And two, uh, that's really good sleep for him. And I had a daycare whose nap was at one and I tried, I was like, 
Okay, you guys. So Mika actually when this happened, because she was looking, she called me and she was like, Chelsea, there's no right answer. I will you know this is the daycare, this is what we feel is right, but like there's no way. <laughs> there's there's no get, way. There's no way he's gonna get to one o'clock for the nap. And so um we totally feel you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, we know. And you know yeah. what? Guess what happened, guys? My child had early morning wakings for quite some time because he was overtired for that first nap. So the things that I could advocate for things that I could advocate for was, Hey, can my child be the very first one that you put down? Because they were waiting for lunchtime to be over. Ask questions. Can he just be the first one that you put down? Turns out that they, while nap time is at one o'clock, they actually start nap time at 1230 because they're anticipating that the kids are needing some time. Guess what? They they put my child down at 1230 and he like goes to, they're like, oh my gosh, he goes to sleep instantly. Yeah. Because he's right here. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and another thing that I was worried about was that, um, he was going to sleep too far into the afternoon, which was going to eat into his nighttime. And so another thing you can and cannot advocate for most daycares cannot necessarily wake your child. And I know that in our program, when we talk about natural sleep rhythms, we are trying to maintain the maximum amount of hours for the nighttime with the best amount of hours for the day. And sometimes you have to cap naps. They don't usually do that at daycare. They have regulations that prohibit them too. And so the things that I'll ask is, hey, I have a little sound machine attached to his cot. Can you turn it off at two? Can you take his blanket off it too? Um, well, you can't actually wake him. Are those the things that you can do? And, um, you know, 80% of the time it does work and I can retain it. Um, and then other times you have to adjust and you can control what you can control. So my, my um, son actually started a new daycare and they do have earlier nap time, which is awesome. And now it's 12.15. So, you know, it's a whole 45 minutes sooner. Not quite his ideal. Um, but because it's his sweet spot, he wants to sleep till 2.30. Right. And so ideally, that means his bedtime is really 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. which is way too late for our family. Um, and, uh, and so we're, we're still navigating through that, but we try to find a happy medium. We, we put him down maybe 30 minutes later. It does cut into his nighttime, but he's still sleeping through the night. So there are he's things that you can that navigate. Whole, like targeted amount of sleep. So. Yeah. But Chelsea, yeah. you have a story that like in general on the other side. So another thing that families always ask us is, okay, then they're going to fall asleep independently and they're going to do so well at home. And then once they get to to daycare they're not going to follow them I will say this so um and and I'm gonna go into my story but the one thing um to also advocate for is to just share with them saying at home and this is a great way to pose it you guys because honestly these teachers and they like they're incredible like (laughs) they work so hard and I know that there are so many out there they like truly try their very best to be as accommodating as possible but um you know you can say things like you know, impose it like at home, it works really best if we do X, Y, and Z. Um, But then also you can share, okay, if you guys, if you sing the same song to your baby before putting them down to sleep, tell your teachers about that. And then they can sing that song. I'm not even kidding you. My son's daycare provider, I said, okay, you know, when he was a baby, I said, you know, every night and every nap time we sing, you are my sunshine. And you guys guarantee 
she sang that song to him at every single nap at daycare and did it help a hundred percent. So you'd be surprised where those little suggestions can actually go a really long way for your child to carry that through that consistency. Or it doesn't but have to be a song, right? We always oh, have a yeah. sleepy time phrase. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. another episode for another day. So if there's something that you say to your child right before you put them down um, is really, really key. And then like the tangibles, sleep sack, Whatever yeah. it is, if you're if they're allowed to bring like a portable sound you. machine, yeah, yeah to them to the, the, you know those little things to help to kind of replicate some of the that environment too is really helpful. But um, yeah, so like you're right, you know, I think that as the whole daycare, you guys they they will love if they know that your child has independent sleep habits. But a lot of times they forget because there are a lot of babies or children out there that don't have that. And so, you know, even sometimes it can take some little gentle reminders that, you know, can you please just, you know, have my child fall asleep on their own. And here's where my story comes in. Um, so um, I, my son's daycare is absolutely incredible. He did go through this period of time, primarily actually Mika, when he was having a sleep regression because his language was greatly like increasing. <laughs> like, it was like, we talk about how like there's sleep regressions, which is another topic for another day, but it's primarily around major development. And he was incredibly developing his, his language and how his sleep regressions always pop up ever since he was really little is within nap time. Um, he would always just continuously protest naps. And that's kind of how his sleep regression came up. Well, he started to protest naps um, at daycare. When I say protest, you know, he was, I think he was actually your son's age, actually, at this time. Yeah. He was like right around like 18 months, 20 months, which is a very common time for it to happen. And he wasn't being like bad on his cot, but he started to just like kind of roll around and just like not fall asleep. And so the sweet teachers, you know, very understandably are trying to help him to go to sleep. Well, they come, you know, which I didn't realize at first, but they started to like fully pat him to sleep. And um, my boy, little boy, who is just um, quick as a whip. Um, <laughs> and also, um, again, you guys, kids are really smart. And a lot of times you have to be a step ahead of them. He started doing some really interesting behaviors at nap time when he was at home. And I could not figure it out, like what was going on. And he, this is also the time that he started to try to climb out of his crib. He, um, at nap time, he kind of just would yell and scream. He, um, speaking of safe sleep environments, he, you know, would try to grab things around his crib, even though he couldn't reach it. And I was like, what is going on? And I think Mika, I even like said to you, I was like, what in the world like is happening <laughs> like because it's it sleep and then I wanted he um because his language started bursting he was like at one point he said he was like mommy stay mommy pat like mommy stay mommy <laughs> and I was like what because Mika we we never did that like that was never something that like I I did with him that was like never even I was like so a little investigation on my part and I like came to realize that you know some of the struggles that we were having at nap time was just because some of there was like some of that inconsistency between home and daycare. 
And so, but then, you know, really it's just as a matter of like a, a, a conversation, right? Like it, it's not something that that's where you can say like, this is what we're experiencing at home. And can you try to make sure to, you know, do X, Y, and Z or not do that and kind of just communicate in that way. <laughs> so, so Mika, do you have any kind of similar stories where you were like, oh gosh, like I didn't even kind of realize that that's what was happening. And then you kind of figured it out with your kiddo sleep and daycare. I mean, the biggest one was that after asking, you do have to be an advocate. Again, these teachers have so many other kids. Totally. And um, and my son is prone to early morning wakings because his natural wake up time is already at six. So any kind of disruption, sometimes we can feel it. And um, then the targeted, you know, no nap zone for us was really um, two, two o'clock. And sometimes I wouldn't always find out. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, he slept till like two. Well, then I finally started asking, like, can you be more specific about when he's waking up? Just so that not because I'm telling them like, hey, keep doing that. You haven't done that. But then, you know, finding a different way to then come around and change the bedtime at home. So I will tell you at this new daycare, he's they they are not as successful with turning off things that allow him to wake up. And so actually on the contrary, most babies will do better at daycare naps than at home. That is actually more common. They'll say that afterwards, like, oh, wow, they're doing really well. Um, My son does really well. He was his first day at this new place on Monday, um, but almost too well. So like over two hours for the, for the nap. That is okay for some babies at this age. My son is uh, 20 months. For my son, it is not okay before it takes away for for night 10. That's what I know is specific to him. And so we even just talked about it where nap time or uh, bedtime right now is just now always going to be at 730. Um, so instead of accommodating day by day, they're doing their best. He's waking up right around 2 or 2.30 and... It's just going to be that probably bedtime is going to be closer to 730 at home. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the biggest takeaway when we talk about daycare is that things are usually actually okay. Um, inconsistency at um, at daycare usually doesn't impact either your sleep training or um, your ability to even retain your nights. So it is all extremely possible. And that eventually they actually do realign to what you have at home um, or they do better at daycare usually than they do at home because guess what does not usually change? How they see their routine happen at daycare usually is way more consistent than sometimes at home, which allows them to really thrive a little bit more. So I know we're um, near the yeah. end of our time. So Chelsea. So let's kind of go through. Sorry guys, if you're on YouTube, don't you can't, you can't hear it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I keep on muting because my dog is like literally you guys just freaking out. But okay. So one of the things that we do on every single episode here is where we give three tangible tips and takeaways from the episode. So today, obviously, since we're talking about daycare and sleep, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off, if that's okay, Mika, with our very first tip. And that is, is that 
keep in mind that, which I'm sure all of you do, but that, you know, these care providers, they are working really hard and they truly care about your children and they really want to do what is best for them. And so with that in mind, a lot of times just like a quick little conversation can go a really long way. And so if there's something that comes up, do not hesitate to advocate for your child and they want to be partners with you in that as well, more oftentimes than not. So um, don't hesitate to go ahead and just have some a brief conversation and also to go ahead and, and just to advocate for your child. And then I'm going to do my second one, Mika, and then you can hop on the third if that's okay with you. Um, the second one is that think of three things that you really want your daycare to know and to try to follow. And this kind of goes to advocacy piece, but just, you know, really think like the, your top three, right? So for example, like if you can really try not to have them be awake, you know, especially if you have a younger baby, not be awake longer than two hours at a time, you know, as an example, um, tell them one thing that they can try to incorporate in the nap routine. Um, and then, you know, something else that is really important to you, whether it's, something about their feeding or, um, you know, their actual like sleep space, anything like that. So just starting with like the, the top three and that's, that's more manageable too for the daycare as well. So um, what is one tip that you can send everyone with today, Mika, our third one? The third tip I would say, if there are things that you cannot control, you can't change within daycare, just accommodate them at home, but not on a daily basis, just do it consistently. So yeah, yeah. if you know that, 75% of the time, maybe your child is in daycare, you know, three or four times a week. I would say maybe it's four, four, four days a week and, and up. You might just want to accommodate that for always. And your child will actually really align to that very well, even though you might have two or three days where things seem to be a little bit too long. That's what I would recommend. Um, in the same way, if you feel like, you know, they're only in daycare for two days, but they're at home and the the schedule at home really works, what you're going to do is you're going to just try to be unchanging. And usually they do realign to that. So um, hope is not lost with, with daycare. You can still retain really good sleep. And that is what we're here for. So thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. And please know, you know, we have, if you are looking to go ahead and get some, you know, just some change of sleep and some better sleep, our webinar, right? Mika is a great place to go ahead and start. And you can find that um, in our Instagram page or on our website as well. It's always a great place to start. So um, I hope that you have a great weekend, Mika, and we cannot wait to see you and hear you guys on next episode. We'll talk to you really soon. Have a good weekend. Bye. Stay rested. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rested Mama's Talk. To stay connected and get more sleep tips from us, follow us on our Instagram page at rested underscore mama underscore happy underscore baby. To find out how we're helping families around the world get better sleep, check out our website, restedmamahappybaby.com or chat with us directly to learn more about our programs. Chat with you next time.